0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey.
1: I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey?
0: Well, Jude, as you know, it's that special time of year where we gather around with friends and family to celebrate late Christmas. I can't think of anyone I'd rather celebrate the holidays with than the content-creating powerhouse himself, the Rob Logan. Welcome back to the show, Rob. Welcome, Rob.
2: I love how you hit the <laughs> making it as emphasized as it should be like that is that is really showcasing the powerhouse of <laughs> creation. every
0: time I read your handle, whether it's on Twitch, Twitter, wherever that is in my head. The Rob Logan.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, as it should be.
2: Well, it, <laughs> It's funny because I only took that because Rob Logan was already taken, so I had to do something. Yeah. And now it's the joke that it's there just for my like added ego.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but okay, but for all the content creating that you do, and you know Key Generation Network and everything, it makes sense to have the in front of your name, right? Like it just fits.
2: I'll I'll take it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it's been a while. Apologies for how long it has taken to get you back on the show. Uh, one of the things that has happened since your last appearance and now is the Orville came back and you were able to cover another season of that on your podcast with Katie. Uh, I was wondering if you could let our listeners know how that went and what they can expect when they tune into that podcast.
2: Yeah. So uh, like you said, uh, my friend Katie and I host uh, quantum drive, which is an Orville podcast uh, season three came out and it is, without like getting into specifics about it it is one of the best seasons of a sci-fi show that i've ever seen i might be a little biased but if if it was a show that you watched at the beginning of like oh this is just a star trek spoof in space by Seth MacFarlane and it's just fart jokes and that kind of humor it evolves so fast and by season 3 it is a very serious with still some lightheartedness here and there but one of the like highest produced best written sci-fi shows i've seen like the episodes have gone from 42 minutes network television to like 70 to 80 minute almost mini movies for the entire season on hulu and disney plus for our marvel listeners uh you can now watch the orville in its entirety on disney plus as well so really if that's a thing you're interested in checking out yeah before listening to the podcast and we were lucky enough to not only cover every episode as they came out but Uh, This season, we also interviewed pretty much the entirety of the cast of the show.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that is that has been a fantastic thing to get to watch as like following you on your various different social medias, and it's like you've got this person from the show and that person from the show, and that's that was cool, man. It's cool to see what you and Katie have done with that show. It
2: was super exciting, but like very very satisfying.
1: I I don't I don't have Hulu, and which is really silly when when you figure you can get the Disney Plus bundle, but I. I just don't, and I don't have a good reason. But knowing that it's on Disney Plus now, spring break's coming, summer's coming. Yeah, I need <laughs> to
0: catch up
2: so I can binge with the podcast. I know every listener here has Disney Plus. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> now I'm making it an obligation of every listener to go check out the Orville as well.
0: Well, uh, another one of the many content creating avenues you have is, of course, streaming over on Twitch. Uh, you have the Wrestling Generation going on, which is a, a wrestling league that you've created, where people in the community have created their own wrestlers, and you get to brilliantly shoutcast those matches. Uh, what <laughs> uh, what can people expect when they tune into those as well?
2: Yeah, so uh, we use whatever the current WWE 2K game is right now. It's 2K22. And we're running our second season of wrestling generation on that. Basically, the way that it works is for loyal viewers that hang around the stream for a while. uh, They earn free channel points by watching and then they can cash those in to have an avatar or wrestler created to represent them in the league. So every week we have like a wrestling show. We have a list of matches that we're going through. Wrestlers go up and down in rank from week to week. And we let the AI fight it out. So not even I know who's going to win these matches, which so it's fun for me doing the live uh, commentary and everything because I'm getting excited as certain things are happening and the unexpected things and the twists and turns in a match. And the AI is surprisingly good at replicating the feel of an actual wrestling show. So we do that. And it's, it's literally just a wrestling show that takes place within a video game every single week that the community is very involved in. And my background uh, as a former pro wrestler is where like the commentary skills come in. So I'm very familiar with all the moves and the behind the scenes stuff and all that.
1: I'll say I've I've watched a couple of times the the wrestling and it feels like watching the real thing because I like I watched I got really into the WWF yeah, and I mean I know it's WWE but it was before it, yeah, yeah, it was I before guess. the switchover. right it was it was that. Yeah. You know, Rock and Degeneration X and, and, and all of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, all of that. Um, I had tickets to that, what's deemed the best WrestleMania ever in the Astrodome. And my transmission oh, wow. broke down on the way. And so my brother, Brother Daniel and my friend Aaron went to see it and had an empty seat next to me. Next to them, no. that should have been mine. Um, <laughs> oh no! And, <laughs> Sad story. Yeah, and we actually went was fully loaded. We went to the fully loaded that year before, you know, um, and we had uh, floor seats. They weren't they weren't on the the rail. They're about like four or five rows back, and so you didn't have like the the perimeter of chairs you could take with you. We we're just outside of that, but we were on the floor, um, and, and oh, those wow. things are so much fun to watch live. Um, they really and, are, But you're yeah. right. The game, the commentary you add, like it, it's like watching it on TV. It's really fun.
2: Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. And we do that every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. So if people want to check that yeah. out.
0: At the Rob Logan on Twitch as well, correct? Yes. Yes. And I will say one more thing to add, because I, I come from this as a non-wrestling fan perspective. The thing is, you have created that essence of it being a wrestling match but it's also a video game and the infectious fun vibe. Whenever the AI goes slightly awry, like you were commentating where (laughs) one of the wrestlers just decided (laughs) to go around the perimeter of the ring (laughs) before attacking and your confusion and amazement was just an infectious watch
2: (laughs) glitches are half the fun. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So there's something for everybody on those. So make sure you're tuning in. Of course, all of those relevant links will be in the show notes, at the Rob Logan Twitter, Twitch, uh, and the geekgeneration.com is another wonderful handy link that you can find all the relevant info as well. So yeah, thank you for that update on what you've been up to lately. But of course, if you downloaded this episode, you know we're going to be talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Now, the Guardians have graced the screen many times within recent years, but this is the first time since 2017 that the Guardians have been under the helm of James Gunn fully. So we're going to dive into this. We're going to start with some of the general things we liked. Rob, what did you like most about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special?
2: So in simplest terms, the special was a combination of a lot of different things that I love. Uh, I know one of the reasons you asked me to be on this is you saw my ranking of the 2022 MCU projects and for me this was number one like I loved it for so many different reasons um, even though that they were horribly misused in Love and Thunder <laughs> just like everything else in Don't get movie. me started. Uh, the Guardians <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's is, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we speak no more of such things <laughs> Uh, the Guardians have been consistently pretty solid in the MCU. Oh, yeah. I'm also, like, in in addition to loving how strongly the Guardians have been used, I'm a massive fan of Christmas. (laughs) It is my favorite time of the year, so anything that they were going to do that was going to be Christmas-related, I was going to lean into a little bit Mm -hmm. harder than pretty much anything else. And it was unexpectedly emotional? Oh yeah. In a way that like really hit me and kind of leaned into that leaned into that Christmas magic feel.
0: You know, we since we're coming out this a little late, <laughs> we're a few months away. We do not have to worry about spoilers. So I am curious what were some of those emotional beats that really stuck with you?
2: There's two emotional beats that hit me particularly hard. Uh, one is the lighting of the lights to surprise Mm -hmm. Peter and just watching there's something magical about bringing Christmas to somebody in a place where there is no Christmas and you can say commercialism in that it's like the lights and all that stuff but I'm one of those people too who's like the tackier the Christmas decoration the the more joy it brings (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) like
1: well, that scene right there, just to jump on with you, because um, I, I am too. Christmas fan, love Christmas, you know, Christmas movies. This is something that is going to be a regular Christmas run, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is rewatch every year. Um, but for me, that lighting up all those lights, you're right. There's something about Christmas because like there I, I was like, oh, that's. And because it's James Gunn, I think I'm right on this but I haven't researched it. It felt kind of like an homage to um, the end of a Grinch *Soul Christmas, you know, when, when everything's mm-hmm. lit up in the tree and, and I was just like, Oh, you know, and they're all singing the wahoo, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to sing the whole song, but you get it. Right?
2: Yeah. It's also the smashing Pumpkins song, uh, the version of the peanuts mm-hmm. or the song from the peanuts Christmas mm-hmm. special. And smashing pumpkins is my brother's favorite band. So, it's a little additional layer on top of yeah. that stuff. So that's a thing that's yeah. been like through my life. My brother listening yeah. to Smashing Pumpkins. All well, time. Smashing
1: Pumpkins is such a good uh, James Gunn oh, yeah. choice. <laughs> of all the unique pools yeah.
0: of music, because this has like music from start to finish, but it's none of the mm-hmm. classics that you're familiar with. They're all deep cuts. That Smashing Pumpkin one was my favorite of all of them. And it was at the perfect. Yeah.
2: Point. Oh, it was great. And. The other one that really hit and hit the most is Peter's reaction to Mantis's yeah. news.
0: Were any of you surprised with the sibling reveal? Or was that something that because I'm going to I'll say for me, I thought that was like implied in the volume two. <laughs>
1: right.
2: It was. It was, but. Not heavily enough that I was like, oh yeah, of course they're gonna tell us that at some point. Like, and it'd been a yeah. while since yeah. volume two, so I think I kind of forgot, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, I was surprised, and I'm I mean, gonna just because we I know we have our outline, but it, you know, it says, What were your disappointments? That was <laughs> the disappointment, um, and not because it didn't have the emotional hit, but it was just my analytical brain turned on of like that wow like this is a must going into Guardians 3 this isn't just a special right because that, that is a, mm-hmm. a big connection to drop there at the end and so that disappointment wasn't because like it didn't emotionally hit it was just a it was that analytical connected universe you know and what does that mean in terms of a must watch versus, you know, a special. Um, but yeah, I, I need to rewatch guardians too. Cause that's been a while. Cause that, mm. that was a surprise for me.
2: In preparation for this, I will say that I watched some like Easter egg videos and stuff on YouTube to kind of see where that connective tissue was. And somebody pointed out that in they're almost like dioramas when Ego's going through, all that stuff. And he shows the one of all the partners he's had from different races in the very top left. There is one with him of a woman who is mantis's species. So there is like that Easter egg there as well to tie it all together.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I knew there was, it was implied, but I forgot that feels like a blink and you miss it kind of Easter egg. So this is, this is more of a like, Hey, in case you didn't pick up their (laughs) sibling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: Well dude, well, you, you I guess I guess that fixes my disappointment then. Oh, cool. It's a holiday miracle. <laughs> <laughs> well, because well, you say, could do it in the third, right? And say, well, I, I let you know in the second. You didn't need to watch it, so okay.
0: Yeah. They've they've got their bases covered. So they fixed it. No, so I was gonna say you hopped in with some of your disappointments. Jude, what were what were your positives here on the holiday special?
1: The music. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna start there. And and mainly because I'm with Rob, like with my wife and I go somewhere, um, two things we look for when we go on a trip, um, we're going to get a refrigerator magnet that just became our thing, like to kind of symbolize, you know, and especially like if it's those towns that tourism's the thing, we look for this year round Christmas shop because most places have it. And we're like, that's where we're going to spend a good hour or two. Uh, we just we just eat it up and I must admit I'm one of those that that's who they cater to when they start playing Christmas music at Thanksgiving like you know and I have my Spotify playlist to type of white Christmas the only thing that Amity doesn't like on it is I love Christmas jazz just because you can get um, a variety of styles uh, of a, a Christmas song that you're just familiar with right and you can hear it in so many different ways and so the songs that they picked it, and especially the first one, just to tell that story and to have Star-Lord is like, no, no. Like, like that just, I was, I was it. that grabbed me from the beginning. Was and that so, an original song? Does anybody know
2: that? I think
1: so. So like, that was uh, the old 97. i like
2: Jude.
0: Uh, it depends which one you're referring to. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. That very beginning one. Yeah. With, yeah, I'm oh,
2: talking okay. About the very... I thought you were thinking about the, the like, opening scene. No, no the no, one
1: no, no, no. where they're performing one. it in-universe. Yeah, performing it in-universe. Okay, yes.
2: Yeah, that is the, old the old 97s.
1: Which is a good band, by the way. Like I, I enjoy them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that one there was the one that really just okay, this is going to be fun. Um, and then I'm with Rob on that feel of like, I think I'm going to put it this way. It felt it was warm, fuzzy Christmas but it was also warm, fuzzy MCU. It was like, oh, this is what the MCU is at its best, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and again, Shang Chi was great, right? And 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 I loved a lot of the Disney Plus content, but seeing them and their interaction and what James Gunn's did with them, it was like, yes, this is this is the MCU that I don't want to say that's missing from the new stuff, but I don't think the new stuff is capturing. As well Let me put it that way
0: mm-hmm. So I'm not going to lie Going into this I thought I was in trouble And that I was going to be the bah humbug Of the episode because we've talked about but, it before
1: Yeah you don't like Christmas movies I don't really like Christmas movies oh. I know, and, like his favorite Christmas movie Is the not watch one <laughs>
0: <laughs> And Jude's <laughs> never let me forget it since And I also doubly made a mistake Where I've been re-watching Ted Lasso On the side in my personal time I love that show so much. It is the exception to the rule because the Christmas episode in season two of Ted Lasso is probably the best Christmas thing I've ever seen.
2: And it wasn't even supposed to be a part of the season. They added on two episodes to season two and you you can tell which ones they are, but that's one of them. And man, is it a good
0: episode? And so I watched that and then watched because that was unplanned. I didn't realize that's where I had left off when I started. Then I watched this holiday special And it was just like the whole time, both when I originally watched it, when I rewatched it this week for the pod, I don't know where I land, but I think the scene that sums it up best for me is when Kevin Bacon is on the Bowie and they're just like giving it to him about how much actors suck and they're the worst. And he's like, man, (laughs) normally this would piss me off, but I just feel great about everything for some reason. That's how I feel about this holiday special. I don't think it's good, but it still feels good.
2: <laughs> Trey got mantist.
0: <laughs> and so like, yeah, I, I this is probably, I'm not the target audience for this. I don't generally watch Christmas stuff. So seeing the Guardians in this flavor was already off-putting. But what I like most about it all and the way that I kind of set the stage up when we got into this you can tell it's James Gunn fully back because the character Mm -hmm. moments Mm -hmm. are so good. Like in the beginning when we were talking about that song, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Just Groot jumping in the background, dancing doesn't have to do anything to the scene, but it feels so much like Groot. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, I guess these are all dancing related Nebula at the end, whenever Kevin Bacon's doing his song, the way she's like robotically (laughs) dancing at the end, trying to get into it. Oh man. It just, it felt good. To look at those characters and be like, yes, they are in the right hands. Mm-hmm. And it's just peppered throughout the entire special.
1: Yeah.
2: An interesting character point, too. You mentioned this is James Gunn back at the helm, and it feels very James Gunn. Like, even though that it's a Guardian special, this is a Drax and Mantis highlight. Yes. yes. Is what this is. And the success of this rested solely on mantis and that performance and she absolutely crushes it like and this is something james gunn does a lot if you think about it he will take minor characters and he will bring them to the forefront over and over again uh the guardians themselves were an example of this at the beginning they're very well known now not at the beginning nobody knew who the guardians were they were deep cut
0: everybody said this is when the mcu is going to fail the guardians of the galaxy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, He did it again with peacemaker by pulling him out of suicide squad and giving him his own series. And everyone was like, this isn't going to work. And it did. And now he takes mantis. So he's taking a minor character inside a group of minor characters or initially minor characters and putting her in the forefront and saying, she might be back here, but there's so much interesting about her. Let's give her a shot. And this actress is phenomenal. Let's give her a highlight. And I think that's one of the reasons this works so well. It's not the same old thing anymore. We're learning about a new character inside of this frame of a Christmas special.
1: Well, and that's the thing about James Gunn for the stuff that I've seen that, that he's done. Like he just, he has this intuitive Thing where he knows what people want to see, you know. Like he just he just does and, and knows what's the right buttons to push, and how to pull out, like I said, that background character, right, and make that interesting and, but funny and you know, and I mean I know we're talking about Guardian's Holiday Special, but I, I'm really interested to see what he does with his DC lineup, you know. Um, and he was able to carry that over there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. or will that, that I wouldn't say the same, you know, style. I mean, it should be something, you know, different, but, but in terms of the technique, you know, um, cause the, the interaction between them two were great.
0: Yeah. It, it, extrapolates the work that they did in volume two, cause it's there, but like you said, Rob, it's not the focus. And so I feel like Mantis gets the emotional anchor of this and Drax gets to be the comedy riff off of her as well. Cause they work so well together. Uh, I am convinced this is probably why Dave Bautista was like, yeah, I'm done with Drax. I don't want to run around being silly anymore. Cause that was the bulk of his humor, but the juxtaposition of what it means to Mantis of like, if I can pull this off, I don't have to worry about Peter not liking me because I remind him of his father versus tracks. Like I want my stupid little elf man, (laughs) like that kind of thing. Like that, that's great levity and seriousness that I think James Gunn specializes in. Oh yeah. Uh, Anything else you want to spotlight before moving on to some disappointments?
2: One of the things that was really cool about this that was unexpected. I thought it was going to be a very, toss away type thing like you can take it or leave it and i know that was a sticking point for you jude that it felt like obligated watching mm-hmm. to kind of keep up with stuff but i was impressed that in like a 40-ish minute special they dropped some big bombs Yes. Yeah. in a way well not bombs but they revealed some cool stuff like we find out the guardians bought nowhere yep.
0: yeah okay yeah that was <laughs> cool. Not only bought it, Uh, but they're like renovating it and kind of making it a home for people.
2: Absolutely. Uh, We learned how Peter got his blasters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was super cool. And then, of course, the big reveal of even though kind of suggested before that Mantis is Peter's sister.
0: And even the Bowie, right? Because it was previously the Benatar in volume two, right?
2: And before that, it was the Milano. Milano,
0: Benatar. This is their third third ship, ship. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good call out. They are they it is it's where I feel like these specials are shining is that you could probably get away with not watching it, but it is a good update of where they are if you do watch it without something mm-hmm. like I'm sure we'll get a throwaway line in volume three where it's like ever since me and Mantis found out we're related, blah, 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 whatever humor there like they'll throw away line it. But here they really gave you that exploration of them discovering that together. Um, and it's really cool to see them take time to do that.
1: You know what? And, and God, that's interesting. We're, I'm trying to remember timeline-wise, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was supposed to be the first thing out. It was, I think, post-ing right? right, because th- th- you had that, and script was done, and then you had the, the controversy loosen this position and come back, and, and so things get shuffled. Right. I, I wonder how much. I, I wonder when we watch Guardians 3, if having that knowledge going into or impacted what he did here in the special. Because, in other words, like you can say, he can be like, oh, okay, I have this script. Done. I have this script. It's done. Now I'm going to do this. And you have. Order-wise, knowing this is going to come out first, really room to play with those Easter eggs.
2: From what I've heard, Gunn came up with the concept for this while working on two, and like in three days banged out the script. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So it was conceived well before... I think the script for guardians three mm-hmm. was, although I could be yeah. wrong there. Cause I don't know, even though he came up with this during guardians Two, I don't know how much forethought he had into guardians right. three
0: at that yeah. point, which is so funny to, cause Jude, you, you highlighted this a few weeks ago. I, I think that it's clear. James Gunn loves these characters. Okay. If it's true mm-hmm. that he thought of this during volume two, Disney plus would have been an inkling of an idea at that time, mm-hmm. he was thinking about what these characters were doing during the holidays before he even had an outlet to put that anywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <true. laughs> yeah.
0: So that, that's very endearing on guns
1: part. Yeah. Well, and I would say the, the one more thing on, on what, what was so good or what we liked about it is it does show the love that gun has for these characters, you know, cause I mean, the story itself it had these emotional beats and these emotional hits of like, you know, this is someone who has never experienced Christmas and I have no idea what it is, but Hey, I want to go find it for him. You know, that's pretty special, <laughs> you know, um, of, of a relationship there. And so, yeah, that's, you know, and that's really cool.
0: Well, it sounds like we can move into the disappointments and, Jude, you've peppered some in. I'll go ahead and fall on this sword first, since I, I think I was the least <laughs> receptive of this and keep y'all from having to talk too negatively. I, for me, as much as I, I do talk about having that warm feeling, there is parts where the humor just tonally feels all over the place. To a point where like I can't tell, is this for kids? Is this not for kids? It's somewhere stuck in this middle where like you have this slapstick humor of Mantis reacting to taking a shot and it's this exaggerated like reaction of her, like blowing out this mist and then like, I'll do more. Or you have this kind of charged imagery of the cops shooting at Drax and it's tickling them like a humorous scene. And then, Oh, that was the last one where the cop cars like overturn and Mantis is like, Hey, I'm going to give you this cane. Or even now <laughs> and then she walks away. <laughs> so stuff like that is where it kept like starting and stopping as far as me being fully into it. Uh, and I wish that that humor would have been evened out a little bit more throughout the series.
2: I can join you there. One of my disappointments with this, and it might not be something that a lot of other people care about. Like I'm straight edge. I'm not like a big alcohol or drug humor guy. Mm-hmm. So, in a special like this, I know it's like PG 14 or TV 14 or whatever it is, but the whole bar scene where they're like drinking and just like hiccuping it afterwards. And you can say they're aliens. Their reaction is not the same as humans. We don't Mm -hmm. know whatever, but at times this feels very much like it should be a Christmas special for kids. Mm -hmm. And then they're doing stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't want to give kids that idea that like, just go get hammered consequence free. Right. I don't know. I've never loved that
0: kind of stuff. Or even like the major bulk of this episode is they're kidnapping Kevin Bacon, which I get like, that's the joke, right? It's like, (laughs) that's not a gift. That's human trafficking. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to do that, then having stuff where they play. I don't want to say dumb, but I can't think of another word. They played dumber than they are in the movies of the like, Hey Drax, Agreed. can you throw me over? And he just, before he even finishes listening to her, just tossing her over for that slapstick childish humor.
1: I'm going to go with you there on the humor of, of that. Cause it was elements of like, I get where it felt on you know, but at the same time that over the topness I think is what you know like i didn't like the scene where uh, drax was getting shot yeah right and there's an element of like okay what is that the, the like said said charged you know and, and it's kind of a tough scene but there was an element of like drax isn't really that invincible you, you know what i mean like like you gave him this element of invincibility that it was kind of ridiculous you know but because the whole thing was ridiculous it's it's, it's kind of what made it work you know and so like in the second time i saw it i'm just going with it the first time i'm like what he's shooting him and you know and throwing mantis over is the perfect example of like that having to, to do these things over the top because uh, then later you see her doing these big fantastic jumps, and I was like, "She can leap over the wall." What, is, what do you mean, "Throw me over"? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Um yeah. But but in that sense, because it's a special, because it's it is so out there and ridiculous, like, you know, which we, second time I'm like, okay, I'm just letting this go. You know, I'm just gonna enjoy it.
2: Here's something that just came to mind that might explain some of the tonality choice, at least in presentation. So I listened to a podcast a little while ago where the director of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was being interviewed, and they talked about the opening of the movie and having it be animated. Mm -hmm. And that was a fight with the studio to allow that to happen. Originally, they didn't want to spend the money on an animated intro, and the director was like, it's so important because I need to set the tone and I need to let viewers know that they're about to watch a live action cartoon. This is Looney tunes with live action.
1: Yeah. And that makes sense. And if
2: we think about the guardian special, it also opens with animation, Mm -hmm. maybe just as the homage that it's meant to be, but maybe also to set the tone of the special and be like, don't take this as seriously as you normally would an MCU thing. Like, this is going to be a live action, lighthearted Christmas special cartoonish yeah. type thing. Wait,
1: and it, it ended car- it ended animated, yes? It and did. And so the whole thing is framed on the, on the front and back end. So the whole thing right. is, like you said, that cartoonish. Not only have I set it up here, mm-hmm. we're going to take it back to that cartoonish, um, literally animated. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good call out. I, I like I've never heard that reasoning before, but like conveying like, no, this is going to be a little bit sillier. And it helps. Like I said, it's totally all over the place. But on repeated viewings it's a little bit easier to let go. Because Jude, you highlighted the like you gave him invincibility with the being invulnerable to the bullets a few scenes ago and he was pummeling some cosplayer. If that's true, that cosplayer is dead. There's no way that he yeah. can be pulling those punches <laughs> to the point where that cosplayer is still breathing after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that yeah. having that framing of the cartoon lens yeah. that in subsequent viewings, I think will kind of yeah. soften that blow.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up and, and that homage kind of there. Cause like, and it, it didn't even dawn on me until you said it, like a lot of things do that. Um, uh, the one that comes to mind is a uh, pretty woman that movie it's, it's framed with the the same homeless guy in the beginning and end. And so it's framed as a fairy tale, you know? Mm. Um, and, and so it becomes like this Cinderella fairy tale type story rather than, than something else, you know, something else. Or actually if you watch the movies that made us, the original script was, really different
2: (laughs) i've heard i've heard
1: um but but yeah but like that is an important aspect to bring up like you know this is cartoonish it's gonna be that way so rob you joined me on that limb
0: with the tonal inconsistent inconsistencies uh was there anything else uh that disappointed you in the special
2: The only other thing that got me a little bit is I didn't love the style of animation that they chose for the flashbacks. I understand, like we said, it feels like an homage to older cartoons, maybe even to the Star Wars Christmas celebration a little bit or that special. But I think we're kind of beyond that rotoscoped style of animation. I would have preferred if they went with something a little more established to Marvel, like there was a guardians animated series and maybe they didn't want to connect it in that way to say that those two projects are related, but we also have the what if style of animation. And I would have loved to see that instead, but this, what I get what they were going for. There's something that feels like it should be left in the past a little Mm
1: -hmm. bit. Okay. Wait. So what animation style do you think it would, this you were saying compares to?
2: This is like a rotoscoped uh, one that could be similar to like the the Boba Fett animated okay. section of the Star okay. Wars yeah. Christmas special. I did look at the two. They're not quite the same, but anything in like the 70s, 80s that had that rotoscoped animation. Yeah,
1: because uh, animation, when you mentioned the style, immediately the two things that came to mind in terms of like Christmas special homages was like, oh, they should have done claymation.
0: Yeah. That would have you been know, beautiful too. I would have loved yeah, to see that. Yeah, kind of like the Rudolph the
1: yeah. Reindeer, you, you know, and stuff, yep. um, or the the Rankin Bass style of animation, mm-hmm. um, where you get, uh, in particular, I'm thinking of *Toys the Night Before Christmas*. You know, but Rankin Bass also did *The Hobbit*. You know, and in um, in those styles, but it, I I get it with you on the on the rotoscope thing.
2: And they probably could have done the claymation style like that too, because uh, uh, what I actually saw is that uh stupid monkey, the robot chicken studio was the ones who created the animation for the special. Oh. So, and they've done all those styles. So they, they could have chosen from any.
1: No, I that, feel bad. Yeah. The oh, claymation right. would have been really good.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. a solid call. Every Christmas special seems to have some claymation thrown in there. So that would have mm-hmm. been a nice treat. Um, and I feel bad. This is like, armchair quarterbacking. I don't know the realities of it, but it does feel like it was a a product of budget and time constraint. Like they were just trying to mm-hmm. get what they had because it, it, it did feel more distracting than additive. In my opinion, there's some scenes where like at the very beginning where Craglin is kind of just being yelled at by Yondu where like the lower half of his character body is just no detail whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, it is hand drawn yeah. too. Like they did draw all this out, mm. but we've also seen like higher budget yeah. hand drawn animation. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so. yeah. So Jude, uh, do you have any disappointments we haven't underlined that you'd like to spotlight?
1: No, honestly, the biggest one was that the the mantis reveal, and again, it wasn't a problem of uh, that 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 they're related. It was just that, that question. I go back to of connected universe. Disney plus shows are turning out to be, yes, I must watch, you know? Um, And it's just like, and, and we talk about this, that hierarchy of connection and hierarchy for me, I'm starting to kind of admit that I'm probably old and get off my lawn. Um you know and, and what i mean by hierarchy is like the the in the continuity like the continuity should flow downward from film to tv but it's and but not tv upward if if that makes sense um but in the day of streaming i don't know if that continuity still holds you know of of Movies are above TV anymore, the way they used to be, um, and and so I think that's something that I have to think about and re rethink. You know,
0: you know, it's so interesting. We keep finding ourselves what three years into the Disney Plus, or we we're embarking on the third year of the Marvel inclusion mm-hmm. with Disney Plus. And Rob, you were actually one of the first people that like really illustrated that point because we were talking about the different um, Disney plus shows like WandaVision. If you went from in game to multiverse of madness, you could kind of make that logical jump. Okay. This is where she got a power boost. Here she is. Falcon and winter soldier. Steve gave him the shield. Okay. When Captain America four comes out, you can make that logical leap. And Loki really felt like the one that was illustrating. No, this, the, the, I guess to what you were saying, Jude, the hierarchy has changed of like what is or isn't upwards or downwards continuity wise. Mm -hmm. Um Rob, I was wondering if you like have your feelings or ideas about how the Disney Plus is handling that connection changed since the last time you illustrated that on Loki?
2: I think it's starting to shift. Uh and I'm not mad about it. I I in many ways prefer the format of the Disney Plus series because they feel more like comic books. I'm getting multiple issues. And these characters are interesting enough to explore over a longer timeline. I don't need the pomp and circumstance of a movie-level scale for every story. I love grounded stories. My favorite superhero is Batman. I love grounded yeah. stories.
1: Well, and and I could easily see, you know, and, and I, I don't want to get too far away, I guess, from the Christmas special, but I, I can easily see that, like, in the whole how do you make movies or go to the theater special again, you know, that kind of conversation it's like, well, Marvel's contribution could be, okay, we're going to back off and we're going to do long form stories. Cause I love the Disney plus. And then you'll see them all together on the screen with that event movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, go back to quantum mania. There were some things that for me, I'm like, if, if, There was a good movie there, but it felt rushed. And part of me, I'm back in my mind watching it, is like, oh, I would love to have seen more of this. And if they had a ten episode season, you know, um, then you could have done the exact same thing, but had the development that people felt like it lacked, you know, and that I felt like it lacked. You know, and and the king thing. You said the tray about King, it was like, wait a minute, I was you know, and I think this was in the Discord. Uh, or text message, you know, but it was like, I was more, the, the, the Kang reveal in Loki was better than what you got in Quantumania. And, and now I'm wondering, is there a wrestling of, oh, we got to introduce Kang and we've already had that introduction, but I got to acknowledge the people who don't watch Disney Plus and just do the movies. And so for us, we're like, we got this. Why are you doing that again ver- versus there? And, and, and I'm wondering how much they're working that out, you know, because that's again, go back to the, the the Christmas special. That's one of the things that made the Christmas special. So wonderful was I'm going to take those two characters, bring them to the front and really give us more of what we've already mm-hmm. seen. Um, so, yeah,
0: I will say just to round this off uh, and tie back to, what you two were saying. Jude, you mentioned the the maybe probably being old. I wonder what it says about me as well and getting older that the last few movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe I have come out saying, hey, it was just so loud and in your face <laughs> and all over the place. <laughs> so that might be my own personal change. But also to to underline what you were saying, Rob, I still stand by this right now in 2023 the heartbeat of the MCU is in the Disney plus shows. Like to me, Mm -hmm. that is where they feel more confident exploring new things. Uh, The stories, which is so funny because we always do complain about how it is a shorter runtime, but we are getting more time in the show than we do with the movie. So those feel like um, extrapolated ideas that the movies just haven't been attending to. Yeah. Similar to what we're talking about. Drax and Mantis.
1: Well, and I'll I'll say to the runtime though, from Wanda Vision to now, you do get the sense of like they got their stride and they figured out this long form storm long storm, long form storytelling, right? But the Christmas special, like it was was I don't have to tell you about these new characters. I can rely on your previous knowledge. And so in that forty minutes, you can do a, a lot, you know, because you rely on that previous knowledge. So that's, you know, so, so in that sense, I think bringing those old characters back for old characters back for special like this, I think that's why that works really well. Well,
0: it seems like we've gone through the things we liked a lot, some of the disappointments. I want to make sure we hammer out some time to illustrate any particular scenes that were our favorites overall. So Rob, are there any scenes that we didn't get to that you wanted to highlight here?
2: We touched on it briefly, but I absolutely love the GoBots bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah,
1: yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> First of all, Drax getting really upset. And then uh, the pan over to him just pummeling one was hilarious to me. Uh, I did find it interesting that they chose the GoBots over something like the Transformers because Marvel publishes Transformers comics. Mm-hmm. So that would have been an easier ask. Yeah. They had no connection to GoBots, and someone on Twitter had asked James Gunn why GoBots and why go through the extra trouble of asking the person who has control over them if you can use them or not. And he said it was funnier. <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier to have a GoBot there than a Transformer. And he's he is right. He is
1: right. He's right. Because like I'm I grew up watching Gen one, Generation One Transformers cartoons after school. You know, season one, I remember, you know, going down to the, the gas station by, by the elementary school. Trey knows what I'm talking about. Um, and renting from there. And this was before, like, big blockbuster-type stores existed, right? And just the same – my mom probably bought me some of those VHSs multiple times. With the cost of, of watching over and over again. But I knew what the GoBots were. And that and, and 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 the GoBots I don't think are in the cultural forefront the way the Transformers are. And mm-hmm. so that's that yeah, it was perfect
0: to use that instead. Dude, the GoBots, is that what was on your lock screen the other day? With the Stop on it. your phone. Stop. Okay. Those I don't areas. know. I didn't know what the GoBots were. This scene completely fell flat for me. Dude, it was
1: it's it, it, this, this the the AerialBots They come together, the a <laughs> combiner. They make Superior, the best combiner of the AudioBots, and probably all of them.
0: I'm not gonna lie. The whole reason I was asking <laughs> was just to reiterate my joke that I thought was funny. Is like it all sounds like Transformers with more
1: steps. <laughs> That's all it sounds. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. It was like this just Transformers. Was like, oh my god. Oh.
0: So no, that was that was gonna be my question. Like, is that? A thing in the comics, like what was the connection with uh, Drax and Gobots, other than just being a ridiculous bit?
2: There's no connection whatsoever. That's it's
1: funny,
0: just because yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. funny. Well,
1: and and there's the other thing is at at the time there was there was kind of this kind of this competition between Gobots and Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and Transformers ended up being what what became more popular. Um but it was the same idea, you know, and and so to to have, especially to have the go-bots, which again, James Gunn touched. Not only is it funnier, it's the secondary of the two being brought to the front.
0: So I'll I'll jump in here with one of my favorite scenes. Uh, I already touched on it, but just to really hammer it home, that opening beginning where they say they just discovered the instruments and they just blare out this song about I don't know what Christmas is but Christmas time is here it captures what's so funny to me about almost all Christmas music where it's like it doesn't matter what you sing about as long as you're in Christmas time is here like it's a Christmas song that everybody loves and
1: so they you're not
0: wrong oh, they yeah. nailed that Oh, you <laughs> can tell I'm so I, I'm a Scrooge I guess that I don't care there's about no that. I
1: guess there's no I guess about this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but be reductive when it comes to holiday stuff but it, it I love the the aspect of like an alien trying to explain what Christmas is to Peter the person who knows what Christmas is and he has to be the like wait no hold on that's not quite true that's not right and his <laughs> spoken sentences fit in with the song which I thought was really cool and so and then of course you have the group dancing that uh that really hammered it home for me Jude uh
1: what uh any scenes you'd like to highlight I love the scene where Kevin Bacon is freed from the coffin. <laughs> the coffin. <laughs> like, 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 cause you get that magical, you know, we talked about it, the lights and it's just Christmas and you get that warm feeling and, and you see it on Star Lord's face and it's just like, Oh, it's Christmas. And it's like, I, yes, I get that. And then the closer he gets, it's like, starts moving and you can it's like there's there's a human in there <laughs> you know um and so it, it has such a quick shift um and, and and all the others are so innocent they're just like but 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 we got we we got them for you <laughs> you know um i just I, I loved it it was so good and plus it was kevin bacon
2: yeah and we didn't talk about kevin bacon that right. much but i have to like give him a virtual high five just for taking this role oh, yeah. when i can only imagine it was like hey you want to be uh, yourself in the mcu but we're also just going to rip on you for, for being an actor yeah. like I, I and he's he just seems like the coolest guy and like such a good yeah. sport it, for this whole and thing and
1: there's part of me there's wondering is like okay in six steps can i get from kevin bacon <laughs> <laughs> you know uh to Kevin making the gun, you know. So yeah.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I was going to uh throw in that scene because it is one of those roles where you're like, "Hey, you kind of are the butt of the joke." And the fact that he was like up for it is mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. really telling about where the fun nature that he brought to this, cuz that could have fallen completely flat and mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, even to the point where like He just randomly is now part of the band at the end like that. (laughs) That felt like, like, yeah, I'll do this, but I, I want to perform some music. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yep. Which is fine. His song was great. I liked
0: it. Well, I think we can move into our next question, which is, do you have any lingering questions for the special, anything that may tie into volume three Or even the tease of the intag of now they have to do another holiday special. (laughs) Rob, we'll start with you.
2: I have to say, I know this question comes up every episode. This might be the first time that I really didn't need anything more. And wasn't like, well, where's this going to go? If anything, it might have been the fact that they bought nowhere. And is that going to factor into volume three? Mm -hmm. But it's not that important Mm -hmm. to me. So it, it just felt very self-contained and satisfying in a way that we don't often get where they're just done with the story and they're done with the story and that's it.
1: No, I agree. Cause part of me lingering is like, Oh cool. Are they going to do another holiday special? But I don't know if I want that. Like, cause it's like, like you said, self-contained and done and it's so awesome. And it's, I don't know. It, it would feel like you're trying to just, recreate what you've done rather than do something new. Um, and so, so I'm with you on the, on the lingering things. It's just like, no, I'm just going to let this be standalone Christmas and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Having the
0: lingering question question is just a holdover from our typical form. Yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> one that I thought, well, let's see, let's see if anything comes out of it. Cause for me, it brought, was that Mark Hamill? Like that was my lingering question. There was like one shot where right after they're getting Kevin Bacon home before they cut to um what is it? The the ship. Mm-hmm. Bowie, the Bowie, there's a shot of this guy drinking and I I'm almost positive it's Mark Hamill and I don't know why. And there's a part of me that's like lingering question, are we going to find that out? But also it would be very funny if that's just it because for the longest time Everybody was speculating about what role Mark Hamill was going to play. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know if anybody else caught that as well. I didn't. I did not.
1: I'm an, I know. I did not.
2: But I would love if it was true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's in two scenes like for two seconds apiece. So it looks like Jude's on the Google hunt here. <laughs> oh, I am.
1: <laughs> uh, immediately after the special aired on Disney+, Plus, Star Wars fans pointed out that one particular cameo appeared to feature none other than OG Star Wars actor Mark Hamill. The character is briefly seen drinking by himself.
2: But no confirmation no. either way.
1: I was convinced nope. because And then and this this here, this is from CBR so, so it? comic bookreport dot
2: Comic book. Resources. Resources.
1: Com, yeah. Um, Mark Hamill's son debunks his dad's alleged
2: ah.
0: so. All right. Well then I was wrong, never mind.
1: No oh, did you oh, just
0: Scrooge Trays
1: Oh, oh okay. <laughs> this is why I hate Christmas. I, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna <laughs> add, <laughs> I'm gonna put this link in so, so so y'all can see it and click and see. That looks like Mark Hamill. It has a picture. I, I remember now. That looks like Mark Hamill.
2: Um that looks like Mark Hamill, but it also looks like somebody else.
1: Well well, yeah, I mean, because we know for sure. <laughs> now
0: well, it also
2: looks like John Malkovich. It
0: does now that hmm. you point that out. I'll link to this in the, the episode show notes, by the way, so you can look along yeah. listening, but yeah, that does look like John Malkovich.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> no. Cause I knew like when this was announced, what? Well, over a year ago now, cause we're late to the party here. I remember Jude and I had a conversation of like, they're totally going to introduce Santa into the MCU. And mm-hmm. right around the time, Mark Hamill, uh, speculations were happening as well. I thought he was going to be Santa in this special for, for,
2: he exists in the Marvel comics. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that was my basis.
1: You know what? Maybe that was, is Mark Hamill on the next holiday special. Because look at his hat. It has that Santa-esque white.
2: In the same article, someone identifies the actor as Troy Beecham.
1: <sighs>
0: Ruin the holidays, Troy Beecham.
1: All right. It's a terrible show now. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> well, I think we're getting towards the end here, so... Our question on the way out is, is there a takeaway that you would like to see the MCU as a whole absorb as a lesson learned? Uh, Rob. I actually have
2: two lessons if I may go ahead. (laughs) So I think the new special presentation format that they introduced with this and werewolf by night is a great one to continue Mm -hmm. to use. So far they've only used it for holidays, but I don't think they'll limit themselves to that if, they feel the need, but I like that it allows them to experiment with different ideas with somewhat lower risk than committing to a full series or a full feature.
0: Mm -hmm. I would love to piggyback off of that because I'm right there with you. It's well known. What if was not my favorite? I think a what if taking advantage of a Marvel special presentation would be fantastic. Keep the style. Keep the the running arcs you have, but give me a an hour episode contained instead of trying to do a whole season of like twelve random different what
1: if scenarios. I yeah. like that. Well, and I to piggyback off you, I would I would take that, and I wouldn't mind if it's live action, like like as much as I. Well, and also because I again, the the animation style of the what ifs wasn't my favorite. Uh, of the styles, right? Um, It didn't take me out of it, but it just wasn't my favorite. But I wouldn't mind seeing a live action what if contained, you know? Um, But that I agree with you on the lesson of just, it's okay to give us, because you have this established universe, you have opportunities with the special presentations to to take those risks and play in an area that's very low stakes in, in terms of, the continuity of, you know, what, uh, or the sacred timeline, you know, to, 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 so to speak. Um, so that, that one there. Um, and if they do so, the second lesson would be same thing, like what we kept, kept pointing out of it's a good opportunity to, to, in a contained way, Give us more of a background character, you know, in in that way, you know, because it felt Guardians because you get all of, them, but the main mm-hmm. focus was we're going to get to know these two.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Rob, you mentioned two. That was one. What was the yeah. other? Yeah,
2: the other one was I liked how this special felt more flexible with the MCU canon. So I think. Part of it is that it was being outside of the other formats that are more prominent in being this special presentation and somewhat self-contained. To bring up a specific example, there were people online that were upset when they did the bit with Nebula getting Bucky's arm and giving it to rocket. And they were like, how did Nebula pull that off? She wouldn't be able to do that. And James Gunn, his basic response was like too bad. It's Canon Mm -hmm. now. Like, (laughs) which Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't care because I know we've said before that if the joke is funny enough, then they're allowed to take some leeway with the canon. Mm-hmm. It was a great payoff to a joke that started in infinity war. And that's all the explanation I need. And there were a lot of moments in this that felt like loose cannon. And I think if the MCU is in trouble of anything, it is staying too rigid and tight to its own canon. It needs to loosen up a little bit. Fans will complain on the internet, but I think they'll get used to it. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, it- like I'm, I'm generally a stickler for canon, but I think they're sacrificing quality sometimes for the rigidity of canon.
1: Trey said something similar. I don't remember if it was She Hulk or Miss um, Marvel. It was one of those two shows. Or we were talking about, you know, when is it, when do you stick to canon and worry about it? And when is it, you sacrifice canon for a good story or a good joke or, or something like that, you know? Um, and it's like, if it's a good character moment, like, do we really want to sacrifice a good character moment for canon? You know, or in a, special presentation, sacrifice, a really good payoff to a joke for canon. You, you know. Um, and and that's the other thing is it's like they're comic book movies and shows. I was like, yes, there's continuity in comic books, but they're also all over the place with continuity in comic books. It's like, that's
2: yeah. Sometimes there's three captain America titles running at the yeah. same time and they can't all be. Canon. Yeah. I
1: mean, it, it's, it's just the nature of, of that medium. And, um, and so, yeah, so like, I'm, I'm with you on that.
0: It's so funny because I know exactly what you're quoting Jude. It was out of nowhere, right before she Hulk dropped, we just stumbled on that conversation where I said, if continuity breaks for humor, it is not weighed yeah, as heavily as continuity in a dramatic scene. And I think at mm-hmm. this point, we've all called back to it so much. There's just got to be the she Hulk precedent. Like from this point <laughs> forward, <laughs> I love it <laughs> because I, I'm with you. Like I get it. Like I understand why people are like, that doesn't make sense how he got the arm. I had that reaction. I was like, that's kind of dumb, but whatever it's fun. It's the Christmas special. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. It,
1: but, but it makes sense. Like what, like there's nothing else in that moment that you can give as a gift. Between those two characters, that you're like you, who's going to get a reaction out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, unless she like pops out an eye and gives her like one of her own body parts or something, but then that's that's weird. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I exactly. don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah.
0: Well, cool. Uh, Jude, did, did we? Uh, did you get a lesson learned in? Did I circle to you?
1: Yes. Yes, I piggybacked off of you and then threw mine in.
0: We all copied Rob's homework on this one, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but I mean, it's but it is interesting to hear, you know, the lessons learned kind of thing of, and the and what I've enjoyed about the Disney Plus shows and what helps this special stand out is the risks they've been willing to take and and go out there with the with the special presentations, uh, formatting from conceptually with WandaVision and conceptually with Moon Knight, conceptually with She-Hulk, you know, and the, and the risks they're, they're willing to take and explore. And as an audience, like, I appreciate you trusting us with the ability to go with you on these risks, you know. And, and so that's why I say with that lesson, I'm, I'm with you with that lessons learned of, like, special presentations outside of holidays. I'm okay if you throw more of those in um, and, and and go with that. Well, cool. Any uh, any final holiday special thoughts on our way out? You should really watch the end.
2: It's a yearly rewatch for me. It's a classic now.
1: Yeah, it's a yearly rewatch, and you need to start adding to your list, Trey. I'll start with the Ted Lasso <laughs> episode and then the
0: holiday special. <laughs> I'll do that every
1: year. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think okay, that's no, going to do not, it. No, I got another question for Rob. Oh, go ahead. What's the list?
2: What's the list?
1: Like, if this is being added to the list... What is it's Christmas? My must watch list.
2: Oh, oh, mine's long. So,
1: <laughs> okay, so like, like, so let's let's put it this way. Let's say it's long, right? Because you have the whole month of December. But it's like you're mm-hmm. super busy that time. You don't have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. What are the ones that can't be
2: can't be missed? Yeah, can't be missed. Elf. Okay. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. Uh, this is in there now. Mm-hmm. Garfield Christmas special, which is from my child. I love Garfield so much. Uh, and then one that I'm going to forward to Trey, because I think he's going to enjoy it, is an episode of Justice League called Comfort and Joy.
1: Nice. 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 So yeah, I'm a little bit more traditional. Childhood wise, I'm going to watch Charlie Brown. I'm going to watch Bugs Bunnies. Oh. and.
2: I don't know if I've Where, seen like, it. Where, like, the
1: Tasmanian devil shows up as, like, Santa.
2: Taking notes.
1: <laughs> so those two from my childhood um, is, is that whole can't-miss kind of thing. Two different Christmas curls. I love the one with George C. Scott. But okay. I really like the one with Jim Carrey because the, the things that they were able to do, animated-wise, you know? And... Mm-hmm. How for me, how fitting it was that he played all three present, you know past present, and future ghost um, because it should be him, right? it's it's his past and his present and his future and and so that fitting right, right. of being him, those are my must watch with oh in white Christmas.
2: That's my dad's. Favorite.
1: now, this is going on that list, but the, but before that before this came out, that's every year. You know, there's others I'd watch, but that's like, at minimum, I got to watch those.
0: I got a lot of catching up to do, apparently, on these Christmas. I don't think I could name five
1: off the top of <laughs> Trey's like, today in December.
2: <laughs> well, Trey did the worst thing he could possibly do to me, someone who absolutely loves Christmas, is he threw down a gauntlet saying that he's a Scrooge. Uh-huh. And now it's my mission. Okay.
0: (laughs) I was going to save this for the intact, but this feels fitting now, seeing as we're celebrating uh, Christmas here in March. I want to, every Christmas, we need to do at least one podcast episode where we cover a random Christmas thing to try and get me to watch more Christmas stuff. I'm in.
1: I'm in. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: All right. I'm gonna to commit to that. Because apparently the only way I do anything is if we record a podcast about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Completely. So
1: so it's 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 gonna be the, the, the twelve days of of Christmas tray. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How the tray stole the holiday cheer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think that's gonna do it. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad you got to come in and uh, talk Christmas with us here in March.
2: No, thank you. I was thrilled when you reached out to me to talk about this one in particular, because I love it. Absolutely love it. So thank yeah. you.
0: Yeah. Anytime. Yeah, really fun. And of course, like we said at the top, Rob's got so many wonderful things. He's got Twitch, TikTok, uh, the geek generation network. All those links will be in the show notes. Make sure you give him a follow and check out his stuff as well as quantum drive, uh, the Orville podcast, which by the way, uh, do you know it when any new season particular might be coming up?
2: We are patiently waiting for the announcement of either a renewal or cancellation. It's been a while. Uh, but it's one of the reasons that they put it on Disney plus is they want to give it, more of an audience than it had access to. And that was part of the decision-making. So again, I know you all have it because you're watching all the MCU shows. Go watch it. Check out the Orville. Help them out.
1: Help the Rob Logan out. Go watch the Orville.
2: Yeah. It's a personal favor to me.
1: (laughs) Spread the holiday cheer. Yes. Yes. It'll be your Christmas gift to Rob. (laughs) That's right.
0: Well, Fantastic. As far as this show goes, if you want to keep in contact with us at MCU you know, both on Twitter and Instagram is where you can find us. But really, the best place to get involved is the Discord. Uh, We got a link in the show notes. Wonderful community of people who are talking about the MCU, as well as other pop culture related things. So if if you want a good group of people to um, entertain yourself with, make sure you're joining that Discord.
1: Yes, and of course, in the spirit of Christmas and giving, uh, giving us a rating and review would be wonderful. Uh, Or your friend by sharing this episode with a friend um, so they know to go see Rob's stuff and our stuff. uh, And it would be just a wonderful March Christmas gift.
0: We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of The Avengers Theme. Find more of his work on the SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Rob and Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. Thank yeah. you. We'll see you all next week.
1: Oh, man. No,
0: I, I was full on going to pitch that in the... Uh As a as a in tag, but it felt right in the moment. I would love to figure out something we could do like it because the inspiration is the McElroys. Uh, Jude, I don't know if you're familiar. Rob, you may be familiar. The McElroys. No. Anyway, one of the things the McElroys do is every year they have a show called Till Death Do Us Blart, where they watch Paul Blart every year and do a (laughs) podcast on their live reactions to Paul Blart. And they're in their fifth year of doing that. So they have to just come up with new stuff. That's insane. Every That's so w- it wouldn't be that intense for us, but it would be funny where every year just randomly put out a Christmas episode where I'm forced to watch one of y'all's favorites.
2: <laughs> I'm totally down for that.
0: See,
1: notice it's Trey. It's Trey's idea. He's secretly saying. He wants yeah, to. Yeah. Please help <laughs> yeah. me watch these things. Get caught up. Help me. He find He's my like, joy. why?
2: <laughs> yeah, why can't I feel the joy that you two feel?
0: Well, I didn't want to take up too much more time, but I was going to say it. I was shocked that the Ted Lasso one didn't crack your top five, Rob.
2: It's well, it's still fairly new. Okay. Um, I actually I did. rewatch watch it this year. So I, I honestly I think it will uh fall into the rotation. I think. The only reason it doesn't is because it's, well, one, it's new and it's not superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not superheroes. It's not for my childhood. Not to say that Ted Lasso shouldn't be in the MCU because he should. Oh, be, he
0: would lift the hammer easily.
2: Yeah. yeah. He, oh yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? I'm, well, see,
1: I have, I have a friend who's going to be like, what well, you should have listed Die Hard. What's wrong with you?
2: Die Hard's <laughs> not a Christmas movie.
1: Really? Die Hard's one of
0: my favorite I did a whole
2: Christmas podcast movies. on it. We did, we did a diehard Christmas movie debate and I was anti, I
1: don't don't think, I don't think Rob can be in this episode now
2: is a hundred percent, not a Christmas. So is this what we're, it is, it is in a category which I label as Christmas adjacent. It takes place during Christmas. It has some Christmas elements, but it's not about Iron Man three. It's not about the Christmas spirit.
0: What about Iron Man three? Where does that fall in this category?
2: Christmas adjacent. It's not a Christmas movie. It just takes place during Christmas. Batman Returns,
0: Gremlins anyway, Two. It's getting kind of late. Um.
2: Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, all take place. During oh my Christmas, gosh! Okay, they're not Christmas we're, movies. We're
1: gonna spend. We're gonna. We need to hash this out. We, we're not right now, but we're gonna. We're <laughs> gonna talk about this because I. Yeah.